today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Kind of use your God-given imagination here, okay? When you're in step with, busy in, and led by the Spirit, you won't have time to, nor will you be able to gratify the flesh, right? You know that saying, idle hands are the devil's workshop? No truer words were spoken. If you're so busy in the Spirit, you don't have time for the flesh. You're so filled with the Spirit, you won't hunger for the things of the flesh. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Galatians. If we want life and peace, our minds need to be governed by the Spirit. When we're filled to the brim with the Spirit, we'll have no hunger or desire to feed the flesh, as we'll hear from Pastor J.D. today. The battle between the Spirit and the flesh is very real, so when you find yourself here, pray in that moment and ask God for help. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Galatians chapter 5 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. If the church becomes like the world to reach the world, then once they come to that church, what's the point? I mean... (laughs) If the church resembles the world and the music on the stage is performance and entertainment, well, they can get that in Waikiki. Am I right? And if the pastor, and this is something that is foreign to you if this is your church, the pastor is hip and cool, and got the skinny jeans on, which I would not traumatize you. (laughs) Let's be honest, that ship has sailed as far as I'm concerned, but he wants to be cool. And so (laughs) he's got to uh, keep it moving and keep it short maybe 20-minute-ish message. Oh, and there might be one nebulous reference to one scripture in the Word of God, and then they go off on this whole other thing. Need we look no further as to why it is that the church is in the condition that it's in today? If you're going to try to reach the world by being like the world, the world that they're leaving, they will not leave because the world that you're offering them is exactly like the world that you're asking them to leave. When I came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and first stepped foot in a church, it happened to be a Calvary chapel, I was so blown away. I knew I was home within a few seconds. One guy, it was in the summer at the time on the mainland, had long hair and slippers and a guitar. And this dude was praising Jesus and just worshiping the Lord. No flash, no splash. 
And then this guy got up, and he just opened up God's Word, and he began to teach the Word of God. And I was ruined for him and never looked back. And that was over 35 years ago. I share that to say this. When I stepped foot in a church, I needed the church to be the church. I had already had my fill of the world and all the lusts of the flesh. I needed the church to be the church. And this church was the church. And the Lord knew it. And the Lord knew I needed it. So why would Paul, here's a question, and think about this. Why would Paul seemingly turn this abrupt corner talking about contrasting the flesh with the Spirit, and how love, which is the fruit of the Spirit, by the way, which we're going to talk about, Lord willing, next week. Why would he just all of a sudden break into this rebuke and this warning and say to them, if you guys continue backbiting and gossiping and devouring one another, you're going to destroy each other. Why would he do that? Because that's what they were doing. Okay, why? Because that's what carnality does. What do you mean? Oh, Consider what the Apostle Paul wrote by the Spirit to the carnal Corinthian Christians in his first epistle, chapter 3, verse 3. Listen, for you are still carnal, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Wow. Show me a church where there's striving, where there's divisions, where there's factions, where there's cliques, where there's conflicts. And I'll show you a church filled with carnal Christians. And that is a church, my friend, that God is displeased with. That's His church. That's His church. His body. Can you imagine how that grieves the heart of God? Think of it this way, as a parent. How do you feel when your children are fighting with each other? I mean, brutally so. They're striving with each other. Your home, instead of having peace and calm and harmony, is riddled with conflict and striving and fighting. Doesn't that break your heart? You love your children, right? Doesn't it break your heart to see them fighting one with another? How much more the heart of God? Let me hasten to say that I am so thankful, and I've shared this often, maybe not often enough, but I am so thankful in the 13 plus years since I planted this church in 2004, that we have not had a church split. God has deemed fit to protect. He's very protective of this, His church, from this dynamic. And I praise God for that. However, it doesn't mean that we're exempt from that. I'm ferociously protective of this amazing church, and it is an amazing church. And I often share how the, and by the way, most pastors would not be able to share this. If I wasn't the pastor of this church, 
this is where I would go to church. This is a great church. This is a loving church. I'm so blessed as the pastor when I hear visitors say, man, I felt so welcomed. I felt so at home. I was loved on. There was really good food, and there is. It's Calvary Chapel, remember? (laughs) And that just blesses the heart of this pastor. Because, again, we're known by our love one for another. It should be noted that Paul will expound on this later in the chapter, but I think we do well to take just a moment and look closer at what I'll call the catastrophe that is carnality. And by that I mean the catastrophic consequences that always ensue when the carnality of envy, striving, and divisions take up residence in a church. Sadly, many a Christian and the church with them has had their lives just devastated, having been victims of this, and certainly more so for those who have been party to this. Don't you find it interesting that gossiping is included in the same list with things like murder? Think about that. That should give every single one of us pause. In other words, God takes this very seriously. You don't think God's protective of his church? Anyone who poses a threat or danger or harm to his church, you don't think God's going to take that seriously? And is this not why we have chapters like this in our Bibles here in Galatians? I suppose the question becomes one of, why is it that carnal striving and divisions within a church can be so deadly to a church? You'll forgive me if this comes off as an oversimplification, but the reason is is that it brings about death. And again, is that not what Satan's strategy is, to steal, kill, bring death, and destroy. That's his agenda. That's what the Apostle Paul in writing to the Corinthians said, don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. That is his device. That is his strategy. This is what Paul wrote to the church in Rome as it relates to the Spirit giving life, but the flesh bringing about Death, Romans 8, I'll read verses 5 and 6. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. If you have a carnally minded church, you have a church with Christians who are living according to the flesh and their minds are set on what they can do to fulfill the lusts of their flesh. That's a recipe, a deadly recipe for disaster. He goes on, but conversely, Those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh, and here it is, is death. 
But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. In other words, what's going to mark a church with Christians that are spiritually minded and have their mindset on what the Spirit desires is you're going to see what? Love in that church, joy, peace, goodness, gentleness, meekness, kindness, long-suffering, patience. I'm working on that. I should say the Lord's working on me on that. And self-control. Self-control. you got control of self slash the flesh. It's under the control of the Spirit. That's a Spirit-controlled life, not a flesh-controlled life. This brings us to our second how in verses 16 through 18, which is that of staying busy in and led by the Spirit. I'm going to explain this one. Here again, we have the what we're to do packaged with the how we're to do it. We won't gratify carnal desires if we walk by the Spirit. That's how. If we're in step with, I want you to kind of use your God-given imagination here, okay? When you're in step with, busy in, and led by the Spirit, you won't have time to, nor will you be able to gratify the flesh. Right? You know that saying, idle hands are the devil's workshop? No truer words were spoken. If you're so busy in the Spirit, you don't have time for the flesh. You're so filled with the Spirit, you won't hunger for the things of the flesh. Here's an illustration, using food. We love food illustrations. So you invite me over to your home for dinner, and before I come over, I swing by McDonald's, and I have three Big Macs in Jesus' name. (laughs) I'm feeding my flesh, baby. Now I show up at your home, and you have made this magnificent meal for me. How hungry am I for that? How much desire will I have for what you've prepared? If I filled myself with the fleshly, I'm not saying that McDonald's is fleshly, but I filled myself with that first, Conversely, let's just say that I go to your home for dinner and I just partake of this magnificent meal. And then afterwards on the way home, I drive by McDonald's. How likely is it that I'm going to swing through the drive-thru and down three more Big Macs after that? Not going to happen. Why? Because I'm filled full of the Spirit. I have no hunger, no desire, no thirst for the flesh. We're going to talk about that more, Lord willing, next week. But think of it this way. You're walking hand in hand with somebody in this direction, and they're leading you. Is it possible for you to be led in the opposite direction? No. Why? Because you're hand in hand, in step, in sync, walking in the Spirit, led by the Spirit. You can't go the other direction. It's an impossibility. 
Reminds me of what Jesus said. You cannot serve two masters. He did not say you should not. It would be a good idea if you did not. No, he said you cannot. Why? It's an impossibility. It's either one or the other. In other words, you're either walking in the Spirit, led by the Spirit, or you're walking according to the flesh in the opposite direction that is contrary to the Spirit. Well, doesn't that make it really simple? You would think every Christian would just say, wow, that thank you so much, Pastor, for that explanation. That makes all the sense in the world. I will never walk in the flesh again. (laughs) Really? Okay, not so fast. This is one of those easier said than done kind of things, isn't it? When you're walking in sync with the Spirit, you have a problem because the Spirit is in conflict and even at war with the flesh. There's this constant war, this constant battle going on. Notice in verse 17 where Paul says, the Spirit is contrary to the flesh and that the two are in conflict maybe I can say it this way, diametrically opposed one to the other. They're the polar opposite. So, pastor, uh, how are we ever going to be able to walk in victory if that's how the battle rages between the flesh and the spirit? Well, our only hope for being victorious when the battle rages is found in Jesus' answer recorded in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26. I want to close by reading verses 36 through 42, and then again, Lord willing, we'll pick it up next week. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. This is when he's going to be arrested. He's facing the crucifixion. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And he says this to them, requests this of them, stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, If it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Listen to what he says. Couldn't you keep watch with me for one hour? And he asks this of Peter. I feel sorry for Peter. I can't wait to meet Peter. And by the way, this isn't the first time that we find Peter sleeping. I'm convinced that Peter had a sleeping disorder. I don't know if it was sleep apnea or what. But instead of praying, he's sleeping. And never imagine Jesus being angry with him. But he says, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation to fulfill the lusts of the flesh, what the flesh wants. The flesh wants to sleep. My spirit wants to pray. 
but my flesh wants to sleep. So what's the key? What's the answer? Here it is. The spirit is willing, willing, but the flesh is weak. Wait, what, what's the answer? Oh, watch and pray. Let me say that again. Watch and pray. The spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. Oh, how weak is the flesh. But the Spirit is willing. So how do I walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lusts of the flesh? might be too simple. But the answer is pray. Pray. That's what Jesus said. Let me uh, just say it this way. You're in a situation like this, and the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. It doesn't take much. It's simply praying and saying, Lord, help me in this. Help me in this. And he will. He has to. You don't think that your heavenly father who gave you his only begotten son to die for you and pay in full for you for all of your sins isn't going to help you? If he will give you his only begotten son, he will give you everything and anything you need. I pray what Jesus taught the disciples to pray, Lord, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Lord, I don't want to be in a situation where I'm tempted. I don't want to be in a situation. And by the way, (laughs) you know in Peter where we're told to resist the devil and he will flee? You know one of the best ways to resist the devil and resist the uh, lusts of the flesh? It's to pray out loud. It's to pray out loud. Satan can't stand it when he hears you praying because he knows that's the deciding factor. That's the deciding factor. I'll even take it a step further and suggest that praying and praising out loud He's out of there. He's out of there. There are those times where he comes in and the temptation's strong and he's like a magnet to your flesh trying to attract it and draw it and bring it out. Boy, you start praying, start praising God. He wants nothing to do with that because he knows God's going to hear, God's going to answer, God's going to move, and he's going to move out. And that's how you resist the devil. Galatians opens our eyes to the potential and sadly the reality of false teachers. They're clever, there's no doubt about it. They can work their way into any area, saying just what needs to be said to get by, and then leaving their trail of deception for us to follow. How do we avoid these false teachers? By knowing God's Word and staying firmly rooted in the love and truth He teaches us. We're so glad you joined us today on In Spirit and Truth. We'd love to meet you in person. We have an open invitation to join us for our weekly services here at Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. We gather each Sunday and Thursday. You'll find more information at inspiritandtruthradio.com. Just click on Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe at the bottom of the page. Would you like to hear more teachings from Pastor J.D.? You can find them online at inspiritandtruthradio.com. 
but we also have more convenient ways to keep up to date with these messages. Did you know you can take in spirit and truth on the go by downloading our mobile app? In our fast-paced world, it's easy to let the time we'd spend in the Bible slip into the back of the line of things to get done in a day. When you download our mobile app, however, you'll have verse-by-verse studies in the Bible available right at your fingertips to listen to whenever and wherever you go. You'll find a link to the app at inspiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have for today's message. Join us next time to keep searching the scriptures for God's goodness in Galatians. Right here on In Spirit and Truth. Keeping me right with your wind. Holding me true to you.